0: I'm not giving up No, I'll keep going on Now Would you mind to tell me There's been something bothering me Why is it that old devil Just won't let God's children be You see has purposed and determined to get right in the way and turn us from the way of life and lead our souls astray. But you know something, I'm not giving up. No, I'm not turning round. By the grace of God, I
1: Christians called it the way John Bunyan called it the narrow path the narrow path why well first because it's the way out of this world and into the celestial city but it's also for another purpose The narrow path keeps us contained with our eyes focused on Jesus and in the process causes us to be cleansed and purified and to walk holy before the Lord. Jesus is referred to in Mark, the first chapter, Verse 14, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. You must repent and you must believe the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is simply the good news that the kingdom of God, the royal authority of God, is coming upon this earth and taking it captive. God is taking back what he lost in the Garden of Eden. He's reclaiming what is his, what he created. And he's doing that through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's exercising his royal authority over his people. He will exercise that royal authority in the end, in the judgment, when those who have rebelled against his authority and refuse to walk in it are cast out into utter darkness. Now, yesterday we spoke about chapters 3 and 4 in the book of Hebrews, and you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress, I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's review. Chapter 3 begins, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. What does he mean, partakers of the heavenly calling? The gospel of Jesus, that the kingdom of God, the royal authority of God is here now for us to walk in and to walk under he says you must carefully fix your attention on the apostle and high priest of our confession Jesus Christ well there are lots of things for us to fix our attention on lots of troublemakers lots of liars Lots of distractions. Lots of good things to be done. And in all of that, the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying, Fix your attention on the apostle. Well, what does apostle mean? It means the one who has come with a verdict regarding your situation. And I've been praying, O oh Lord. Would you bring that verdict on my life? And would you bring that verdict on the National Prayer Chapel? Lord, would you bring your verdict? If I have missed you, then please correct me. And let me live under whatever discipline is necessary. But if I've not missed you and you are calling for a place of prayer in Washington and you are calling for a place of utter, total commitment to you, Jesus, then render your verdict. I wait on the verdict of God in Washington, D.C. I've been here now for many, many years preaching the gospel. I wait for his verdict on Washington, D.C. Now, we also spoke about, in verse 7, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you may hear his voice, may you not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. It's so easy to harden our hearts. It's so easy to be... Filled with self-righteousness, there's probably nothing more dangerous than a person who thinks they're right, who strikes out against others and judges with anger and accusation. That person is the most dangerous person in the world because they think they're right. Of course, if you dig a little deeper under that, you find pride. You find arrogance. He says, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. We need to hear this. It needs to fasten itself as a way of walking on this narrow path, that we make a decision. We are not going to harden our hearts. Now, can I tell you when I want to harden my heart? I want to harden my heart when somebody hurts me and makes me feel very angry and upset. I want to harden my heart and say,
0: Look at them. Look what they've done.
1: The Word of God is don't harden your heart. Jesus is very clear about how to deal with enemies. He says, love them and pray for them. Love them and pray for them. The word says, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart as in the wilderness. It says, your fathers tested me and provoked me. And yet they saw my works for 40 years. For this reason, I was angry with that generation. And I said, they're always led astray in the heart. They did not know my ways. I want to know the ways of Jesus Christ. And I want to walk in those ways. And I don't want to walk in any anger or any bitterness. I don't want to walk with the proud. I want to walk humbly before the Almighty God and recognize that I'm not anyone. I'm simply called to not harden my heart against the Lord. It doesn't matter how painful the journey, it doesn't matter how bitter the opposition, I will not harden my heart. As I look at these passages of Scripture, there is a promise. And the promise is that we can enter into His rest, into intimacy with God. Well, I will miss the intimacy of God if I give way to my anger, and I give way to my thoughts, and I give way to my opinions and my judgments. I will miss entering into the rest of Jesus Christ. I don't want to miss that. I don't want you to miss that. You have on this broadcast had the gospel preached to you. Now, will you combine what you have heard with faith? and utterly determine in your heart that you will not harden your heart, that you will allow the Holy Spirit to take you through whatever He needs to take you through and understand that today is the day to not harden your heart. You may have people who are angry and bitter, hostile, You may have people who want to seduce you and take you another direction. You may have people who, like Pilgrim, Pliable said, if you're going to follow this path, I'm not going to go with you. It's too hard. Pliable. It takes strong determination that I am going to go straight forward into the Sabbath rest of God And I'm going to wait there for what the Lord would like to do. And yesterday I spoke to you about the fourth chapter, verse 16. Let me read it for you. May we come near then to the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, you know what grace means. According to Titus, it means the divine influence of God in our hearts toward righteousness. So he's saying, come near to that throne of grace, that throne where God steps in with confidence. We may then receive his mercy, his grace and mercy Both the influence to do right and the kindness to forgive us for our sins. In the time of need, literally the word used for time of need is frapping. A ship is frapped when it heads out of port into the heavy seas, and the owner is fearful or the captain is fearful that this ship is going to break apart and lose the cargo and lose all hands on deck. So they would wrap a chain or chains around the ship to hold it together or heavy ropes. They would pull that thing tight so so the hull would not break or give way in the heavy seas it had to go through. I don't know about you but I have my ship frapped. I've gone to Jesus and said, please wrap me in those chains, in those ropes. Bring me safely through this journey on the narrow path. Now, some of you have asked that I open the phone lines early for some of you may like to share your thoughts about Hebrews 3 and 4. And if you would, why don't you call right now, or if you need me to pray with you, if you're going through heavy seas and you need someone just to pray with you, call right now, and the number in studio is 877-534-0780. That number again, 877-534-0780. I'll be happy to talk with you or pray with you. If you're going through it, then call and we'll talk and pray. Now in Hebrews, the fifth chapter. I've looked for many years at these scriptures in verses 7 and 8. Let me read it. Who in the days of his flesh, having offered up both prayers and supplications with strong cries and tears to the one being able to save him out of death and having been heard because of his obedient fellowship Although being a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And after having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all the ones obeying him, having been designated by God a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus could have chosen to harden his heart, but he did not. Instead, he went to the prayer closet and there, with strong cries and supplication, lifted before the Father, our Father, the concerns of his heart. And as he did that, he learned obedience from what he was suffering. See, the suffering in our life is not without purpose. There is no righteousness without suffering. It's in the midst of suffering that our character is dealt with. It's in the midst of suffering and adversity that we need to, with confidence, go into the throne room of God and there receive the mercy and the grace to help us in this great time of need and I just know as I share this broadcast today that there are some of you in great need before Almighty God and if he doesn't step in you don't know how you will survive you can trust him he will come and he will save you But there may be a great deal of suffering involved in that. But you will not die in the suffering. You'll be brought through. And you will find grace to help you in the time of need. And Jesus will speak to you very directly. And he'll instruct you what he wants you to do. When I go before the Lord as I do every morning... I lift before him this radio broadcast. I lift before the throne of grace the people that I minister to. I ask him to open the word of God to me that I could understand it. And as he comes to me so kindly, with such mercy and such grace, I begin to get my marching orders for the day. And I have to face the question, just like you have to face the question. Am I going to harden my heart against God or against my brother or sister? Will I harden my heart? Now, this brings us to the subject I really want to talk with you about. And that is prayer. We find in the Sermon on the Mount very specific instruction regarding prayer. I want to begin reading for you chapter 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So why pray? If he already knows what we need, why are we praying? because he wants time with us. And he wants us to recognize what we need. And he wants us to recognize that we must not harden our hearts. He wants us to come with confidence into that throne room of grace and lay out before him in very specific and concrete detail the situation we face, the troubles we bear, the anguish of our heart and as we come before God in that prayer room we should close the door so no one else can hear us pray this is private time with God or with your wife come into that that secret hidden place begin to pray God can understand and and he can deal with whatever the pain and anguish is of your heart. He is not a hard God. The warning is don't harden your heart because God's heart is never hard. God will always receive us if we come repenting and saying, Lord, exercise your authority, your divine authority over my life. He will hear you. So when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. Oh, he's unseen. One dear woman said to me, Pastor, I can't go in my bedroom and pray because when I start praying, I start laughing because there's nobody there and I'm saying what a fool I am to pray and talk to myself out loud. I said, Oh, my sister, you've missed it. You must believe that God is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. The greatest privilege I've ever known is the privilege of going into the prayer closet alone with God and in that prayer closet lay out the anguish and the struggle, the hopes and the dreams of my life and submit them to Jesus and ask for a verdict from him regarding my heart and my life and have him answer in the physical realm. If your prayers do not change what's happening in the physical realm you have a problem. Your prayers there's a problem. We need to carefully examine what that problem is. And almost always the problem will come out of a hardened heart out of a heart that is turned away from the almighty God. A heart that has said it's hopeless. I'm stuck. Nothing's going to change. I'm always going to be here. I might as well just cave and do my best and be depressed. What a miserable way to live. That's not what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to victory. He calls us to joy and excitement and aliveness even in the most terrible of times. The Apostle Paul, he's beaten. He's put in prison. And what does he and his preacher buddy do? They sing songs of praise to Jesus. And as they sing praise songs to Jesus, suddenly the whole jail is shaken, their chains fall off, and the jailer is brought to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, what would have happened had they sat silent in that jail, in the stalks, miserable, quietly complaining one to another about how Jesus was treating them and saying, we don't deserve this kind of treatment. Look at all the sacrifice we've made. Look, we've left our family and friends. We're out here alone. And Jesus treats us this way. He puts us in prison. And we're beaten. And we're in stocks. And we're miserable. And we're bleeding. Oh, they had a lot of reason to complain. Instead, they sang songs of praise and worship. And God used their praise to shake that jail apart. God will not use your anger, your bitterness, your complaining, your judgments. God will not use things of the flesh to accomplish things of the spirit. So the Apostle Paul could have sat there and complained all night, and the next morning he would have faced the consequences. But he didn't do that. With a joyous heart, he praised the name of the Lord Jesus And salvation came to the jailer. (laughs) Now, I've been in some hard places in my life. Never a jail cell and never beaten. But some hard emotional places, some threatening places. And sometimes I've been very tempted to just feel like a victim and complain. But you know what? I'm not a victim. And I'm not going to complain. I'm going to lift up my voice and praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to walk. I hope you heard the opening song. In fact, Mr. Producer, are you there? Yes, sir. Are there any calls? No, sir. Well, let's play that song again.
0: through this veil of tears. At times I've even questioned, even if my Lord was near. Many times that old tempter says, why not? Our hand. I'm not giving up No, I'll keep going on Now listen, Would you mind to tell me There's been something bothering me Why is it that old devil just won't let God's children be Has purposed and determined To get right in the way And turn us from the way of life And lead our souls astray But you know son, I'm not giving up No, I'm not turning round By the grace of God
1: Producer, do we have a caller? Uh, yes, you do. Earlette with a praise report and seeking prayer. Good. Welcome, Earlette. What would you like to Thank share? You.
2: Thank you. Thank you for taking my call, Pastor Ray.
1: You're welcome.
2: Well, what I wanted to mention, um, just on a personal note, was that um, I guess I was having a senior moment, and and. Big bills, I have a tendency to put a date on and file away, you know, cause I can't handle them. You know, at that time, I don't know how I'm going to tackle it. So I let it go. It was a tax bill. I let it go. I let it go. And interest, of course, and late fee. So then I had to pay it by, by the 24th of May. But I think it gave me a little more time, but I had a, I wanted to pay it on bill pay, you know, on, online. And somebody at my bank helped me, and I got that in just in time. But anyhow, I just wanted to say when your back is in against a wall, whether you're a pre-believer or a believer, do not stop your tithe. Do not stop your tithe. And if you're not tithing, you know, at the body, you know, that you go to, more regular or even sporadic, send it in to a ministry like yours or someone like Samaritan's first, that's doing you know speaking the truth right the truth on a regular basis no Earlette, you know, Erlet, so you're, word there
1: Erlet, you're right yeah. on it's yeah. it's the hardening of our hearts because of the pain or the anger, yeah. and we can't walk that way, we've and got the a, fear too and the fear, fear too. Yeah. and and we serve a God who answers prayer
2: absolutely, totally. the rest of it Pastor Ray and then I knew I'd gotten approved for energy assistance and for two years I struggled paying and then it worked up to 212 and it was going to be 229 in the winter and then I got this notice that you know you're eligible for grant money I knew I was but it was up to a thousand so long story short I said you have to be a fool if you don't get this together and get this in to the energy office. It's called Meep here in our county, in Montgomery County. And so I got it together, and the gal took it on a holiday weekend on a Friday. And then two months later, I get approved, and Pastor been approved since February. And I didn't even open my latest Pepco bill because I thought, well, I've got to be paying now. I'm sure I don't have a credit. It looks like I have a credit for two more months. My. So, I mean, that, that's like $800 when you're low on money. You know what $800 is to your bill? It's, you say, praise the Lord. Praise you, God. Yes. You know? Because they caught me up, and now I have a credit. I mean, how great is that, right? And I still have electric. <laughs>
1: that's awesome, Merle, that.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, good that. Yeah. just uh, And so you don't give up your tithe to those that are speaking the truth, that are preaching the truth. Because this is the greatest spiritual battle we've been involved in in years and years and years, right?
1: Yes, you're absolutely big, right.
2: Big in the heavenlies going on. Yes. I mean, look, the Lord's opened the door for believers and Christians to get in before the National Day of Prayer through the next day, whatever it was. Big notable names and uh, someone else, a believer, Jay Sekulo, being invited to the White House twice a month. You know for his input a completed jewish man right yes but yet we, we have the shadow government trying to interfere regular you know leaks leaks you but, know left over from before but, and so anyhow you know you, 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 in one one area you look oh how wonderful look there's some progress here we do have a chance um, the, the administration coming against planned parenthood etc all these possibilities of good things, protecting us better, right? And then we have all these left-wingers, you know, uh, trying to do in, you know? They and like it's... to see him impeached, of course.
1: And Earl, so, that the answer is the prayer closet.
2: Absolutely. And praise God, we've got Pence, and we've got Dr. Ben Carson over there at HUD, you know? Yes. and And other believers. You know, he can't be he wouldn't have brought those people in, number one, if he was totally, you know, a non-believer, you know. But he needs prayer in his personal life. He needs a church, Pastor Ray. Yes. He de- I understand he doesn't have a church. And that would help his wife a lot, too. You know, to be under the cover <clears> of <throat> going somewhere, I think, on a regular basis, despite being, you know, gone on the weekends, you know, Washington would be the best place to find a church, I would say, right? Because he should be here more, you know, but he's going to go to Florida.
1: All right, Earlette. A lot
2: of of ideas there. But if he's under the covering of a body, you know, then then they would feel like they were part of the body. I don't think he feels like he's part of the body, actually. And it's through the church.
1: These are issues that we can resolve only in the prayer closet, Earlette. And I pray that you're spending a great deal of time on your knees, as I am, praying, interceding, and asking the Lord to rule over America.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So,
1: well, God bless you. Good to talk to you today.
2: Should we have a little prayer? Do you have time to do a little prayer right now? Please pray. Father God, we are so grateful that we 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 have come in to the knowledge of of I mean we always knew you were a good God but that, that you're enlightening us every day father about your goodness about your truth even further and the more we press in the more we ask to be drawn closer to you and you draw closer to us the more you will give us the the glimpse and the vision of, of what's unfolding, and but help us to join with one other even, or small groups, and be travailing about these important matters, Father. Be travailing about the need for for improvement in the area of safety, as it regards uh, those that would do us in, that are following the Koran. I mean, you know, the, to me that's the easiest way to. To, to fight this religion. Just open the Koran and look at parts of the Quran So thank you, Lord, for for loving us and making your face to be, be shining upon us and being gracious to us, giving us opportunity to speak up and pray against the, the evil that is just unfolding in our world. Here we have France today. You know, for every day, every day is another... Enemy, another category supporting this evil um, forces of ISIS in one form or other. They have all different names, and sometimes they are different groups. But still, it's the, they're, they're, anyhow, the evilness of it all, the brutality of it all. Thank you for protecting us here in America, especially in New York and Washington, and our president and Pence, all the others, but many others that know. No, those that are praying for him in the White House, those that are praying for Israel, God, just hear their prayers, God, hear their prayers Thank God. you Lord and help others to see what's unfolding and make it a priority to join if you can't hook up because of your schedule with Lord your teach church, us to pray uh, just get another one get Teach another us to pray like Lord this. yes God, thank, thank you Lord thank you for listening and loving in the name of Yeshua
1: Amen. In
2: the name of
1: Yeshua God bless you sister. good to talk to you.
2: Good to talk to you thank
1: you. Our phone number is eight seven seven five three four zero seven eight zero. If today you would like to be prayed for, if you're struggling, ready to give up, don't give up. Don't harden your heart. Don't turn away from Jesus walk clean before him and he will hear your cry now he tells us very clearly that if we're going to pray go into that secret closet and get on our faces before him we don't need to keep babbling like the pagans we don't need to say it over and over and over and over he hears us He's there. But we must believe. We must have confidence that he will hear us and he will answer our cry. So the first step of prayer is not to harden our hearts against the Lord and to come into his presence, to shut ourselves away with him, to turn off whatever is distracting us. To turn aside from whatever is upsetting us. To turn aside from the desperate need for money or the desperate need for whatever it is. And come into his presence. And enter his rest. And begin to focus very carefully on, on what he's asked us to pray for. And this then is how you should pray. And in the Jewish culture of that day, every teacher gave their disciples a form prayer in order to pray. They came asking Jesus for that same form prayer. For me, it is the model of prayer. It is the model that I follow in my personal and public prayer. He says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in Heaven. He begins with Our Father in Heaven. And let me share. The King James Version says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites with verse 7 vain repetitions and then finally he comes to the Lord's prayer and he says after this manner therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven well in that day the Jewish attitude was we are a family we are the people of God and so we don't come individually before God now we may be praying all by ourselves but we're not in fact all by ourselves we're coming as a part of the family into the presence of God and we're saying not my father we're saying our father because we're including all of those believers with us and so Jesus institutes this and says pray our father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Now it's interesting to me that in this beautiful prayer there are six petitions. Three of the petitions are for God. Three of the petitions are for me or for us. It's divided even as the Ten Commandments are divided. Some are for the glory of God. Some are for the righteousness of our own hearts. So the first petition is, hallowed be thy name. What does it mean when we pray, hallowed be thy name? Well, the word hallowed literally means separate from earthly concerns. In other words, when I come into the prayer closet, And I say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm saying, Lord, you are separate from these earthly things. You are not subject to them. You rule over them. Now, it also means to make holy. The word hallowed in the Greek is a verb, it is an action. And so when we come into the prayer closet, God is asking us to identify who we're talking about. We're talking about our Father. We're family. And then he says, take the the action step to recognize in your heart and in your life that God is not subject to the things we're subject to. In other words, today you may feel totally blocked by your circumstances. God is not subject to those circumstances. You may feel judged by others. God is not judged by others. Those judgments have no influence upon his heart or upon his life. You may feel lied about. You may feel discouraged by what's happening. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are saying, God is above all of these earthly things and is not influenced by them. And then he says, Pray that your kingdom come. In other words, the first step in the prayer closet is our Father. You are above all of the controls of the demonic powers. You are above all the influences of this world that destroy our hope. Now, will you exercise your royal divine kingdom authority over me? God is not subject to anyone's royal authority. He is the royal authority. Your circumstances are not an issue for God. He can change them in a moment. What he wants is for you not to harden your heart and not to turn aside and not to become bitter, not to take it in your own hands. Oh, sometimes we just want to take somebody in our hands and take care of them. The Lord's Prayer says don't do that. Don't do that. Ask that my royal authority be exercised over your life, over your circumstances, over what's happening for you. Ask that the royal authority rule over my circumstances. And then we pray the third plea or petition to God. Your will be done. Now, this word done is literally the word that we get in English, the word generator. What does a generator do? It produces electricity. When we say your kingdom come, your will be done. We are saying, would you step in with your royal authority and would you generate something entirely new, something that only you can create? We're saying, will you accomplish your purpose because you are not subject to all of these things that we're subject to? Would you turn on your generator for me, God? Would you produce the electricity that will run something totally new in my life? Now, I'll be honest with you. Straightforward, plain speaking. I'm praying this prayer in the prayer closet. I prayed it this morning. I'm praying that the generator of God be turned on for the National Prayer Chapel and for you who listen to this broadcast. I'm asking that the generator be turned on for my personal life. I need God to rule over, to exercise authority over, to bring a verdict. And I have every confidence today that God is doing just that. Now we're out of time today. I invite you to give tithes, offerings to help us continue this broadcast. Last month is paid for now, and now we're working on the month of June. Please write to me, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I have to tell you the wonderful uh, experience of this morning. I went to the post office opened the box and there was nothing there. It was empty. And I experienced such joy in my heart because I said, Lord, I will receive only from your hand what you give me. I praise you when it's full like yesterday and I praise you when it's empty like today. I will not harden my heart. I will not turn away from the living God. God bless you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. We're going to continue this study tomorrow. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Him who able to keep you from falling and to present you blankless before the presence of his glory.